How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am usually your host, Jared Berenstein, but this week I had my good friend and hilarious comedian Austin Sanders sit in and host this one with Dick Clark and Roger Ailes. It was a fascinating talk. If you want to hear more, see these performers more, uh, Austin Sanders, your host for this one, he's got a great show called Entirely From Memory. You can check out all the information at entirelyfrommemory.com. And Dick Clark, a.k.a. John B. Lerner, his show on Radio Free Brooklyn is Mondays at 10 p.m. It's called The Next Best Thing. You're going to want to tune into that. And as far as my stuff goes, guys, uh, we have an incredible stand-up 2020 happening on friday february 7th at 7 30 p.m at the pit theater on 24th street our headliner is janine garofalo all proceeds go to voting rights organizations and we have people there registering you to vote if you need to vote you can talk to swing left about uh, about being a part of their organization and working towards a great election turnout in 2020 it's and it's you know it's just a great stand-up show regardless so you go there a little civic mindedness won't won't kill you you'll see a great show and if you need to register to vote you can register to vote like i said great cause uh i you know you can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com rate and review the podcast tell your friends hit us up at famous dead people at radioforbrooklyn.org but in the meantime sit back relax and enjoy roger ailes and dick clark only on famous dead people Famous dead it's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Oh, you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna hear awful for me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are television personality and host of American Bandstand, Dick Clark. Thank you. And Fox News chairman and CEO, Roger Ailes. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Austin Sanders, and I'm filling in for Jarrett Berenstein. Uh, and we probably should say with one of our guests, uh, I should say, well, I hope not both of you, but with one of you, we should say trigger warning, like at the top. We er, should say- What that. is that? What is a trigger warning? Yes. Just uh, that there just might be some subjects like that are- war- <laughs> Warning liberals who freaking- they, they they need their safe spaces and they, they need to feel okay about they they need to be warned if like something bad's gonna something bad's gonna hurt hurt their ears. Oh, you know? well. I really feel like I shouldn't have let Roger Ailes answer what a trigger warning is. <laughs> Don't worry, freaking pansy, I'll take care of this. I have no idea what you're saying. Sounds zero obscene. clue. It sounds obscene. I'm looking at you right now and I can't understand a word that you're saying. That's fair. Okay, but we're gonna get to you in a little bit, Mr. Ailes. First, let's start with Dick Clark. Thank you. So, Mr. Clark, the thing that you are perhaps most famous for is hosting American Bandstand, the long-running music performance and dance television show. But you actually got your start in radio. Indeed. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And from what I understand, you decided to pursue a career in radio at the age of 10. What happened at the age of 10 that made you decide? You know, that's a good story. I went out and I auditioned for the school play, (laughs) and the teacher just said, Honey... You look terrible. Oh, no. Can you believe that? A little boy coming up in the world, and I was told I was ugly, and I was told I could perform, but never on stage. Well, it's a visual medium. See, exactly. Now you understand, but that's why I had so much work done at the age of 12. Oh, you had work done at the age of 12? What did you have done? Oh, well, (laughs) you would never know, but I had some veneers. Okay. I kind of want to keep this a secret, actually. I don't want to give up, but I had some tanning, some permanent tanning tattoo. Okay, so so yeah, so this is if you want to keep it a secret for right now, I but shouldn't. I do have a question later on because right. you did write a book uh, oh, did about I? uh called Dick Clark's Easygoing Guide to Good Grooming, which I do want to get into. Can you yes, always catch you with the titles, me. <laughs> what was the show that you auditioned for? Uh, it was a production of Our Town, which, by the way, is not exactly... It's called Our Town? Yes, it's not, ex- our, our t- <laughs> it's not exactly full of, uh, you know, the most titillating people. They're, it's set in the long-ago eras. We were wearing, you know, Puritan costumes. I didn't know that I had to look like a hot tamale. You always got to look good well, in a visual medium. I understand that. You and you are the king. Good. He is the king of looking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Well, it- hey, I wasn't on camera, okay? Well. But if you're going to be in the visual eye of a public, you got to look... 
You gotta look good. Maybe show I, a little. I came to learn. Maybe that. show a little skin. Maybe show a little something for Danny. Okay, I feel. I feel now. like. I feel like I do have to stop you, Mr. Please. Ailes. This is Mr. Clark's time. So <laughs> but I appreciate t- <laughs> the interest. So you auditioned for Our Town, yes. and they told you that you couldn't. That you had to uh, change your look. And that's why you decided to pursue a career in radio. Where I was never seen, only heard. Where you were uh, never seen, only heard. Now, this is a pretty strange thing to say to a 10-year-old. What kind of a place was this that you grew up? I thought you were, yes, I agree. It was a, well, it was a small town, small town America. And on the way, it hurt. It definitely hurt at the time, but it made me stronger. Because let me tell you, dealing with those television executives, they were way meaner than that drama teacher. Oh really? So it only oh. so, so so that was as good as it got. That was as was nice. at ten years old being right. told that you could never perform on stage. That was as good as it got for you. Straight up, well, it was, you know, look. If she had said you didn't read the lines right, if she had said your mm-hmm. voice is too piercing, acting one notes. thing, yes, Act, performance. But she just notes. said I was ugly. This is a terrible woman, a terrible teacher. But she did make me stronger, and I appreciate that. Oh wow! Yes, my life took on a good trajectory from there. You're putting on a very positive spin on what sounds like a very traumatic childhood. You don't That's wanna, America. You don't want to coddle children. You don't want to coddle. coddle. It's better to be honest. Like if someone's ugly, you just say, hey, you're too ugly for this. But if, and if someone's pretty, you just be like, oh, my God, you're so fucking pretty. Oh, oh my God, I just want to put my tongue. You lost What's, me there in the middle. <laughs> Once again, Mr. Ailes, I really, really feel like I have to tell you to stop <laughs> saying things like that. And more more no, to the just point. Be, I'm just being honest. I Where loved you in the new Star Wars movie, sir. I have to say that, by the way. Uh, you were fantastic. Well, as Babu Frick? Yes. <laughs> well, he's been in most I'm of them. Babu Frick. Did you know I did the voice for Babu Frick? You did the voice for, could, the voice for Babu Frick. How could anyone mistake it? I said, hello, robot. I'm Babu Frick. I um, fix robots. Only in America. And I said, there's actually a part of the movie that they edited out. I, I did a little improvising. Oh, yes. Yeah, where I said, I, I'm fix a robot, but first you got to do a little something for daddy. Oh, oh I my God. Okay, okay. I caught some okay, of that. Maybe just uh, let me just take a look at those games. Okay, I'm gonna stop you right where yeah, you are, right. and I'm gonna ask you a question, Mr. Ailes. I'm gonna pivot over to okay, you, Mr. Ailes. I'm ready. So we'll you be are right back. <laughs> <laughs> you were born in the factory town of Warren, Ohio, a place my girlfriend has been to, and she Urgh. says that it is a very, very quiet. Tell me about your very, girlfriend. Very, no, no, I'm not going Tell to do that. Her. Stop looking at okay. me like that. What stop. Kind of hair? Looking Dear at Jesus. me. What hair does she have like that? Down there. You are terrifying to look at. <laughs> You were born in the town of Warren, Ohio, which is a factory town. You were mm. born to Donna Marie, Nay Cunningham, and Robert Eugene Ailes, who is a oh. factory maintenance foreman. And I understand... Mama and Papa. Mama and Papa, and I understand that you had a very, very volatile relationship with your parents. Would uh, you like to go into that? Yeah, uh, my dad was a bit abusive, you mm-hmm. know. Mm. He used to, uh, you know, he used to, tell, he used to uh, you know, give us all allowance, you know. <laughs> he would give us all allowance, but then he'd How make... Abusive? He'd like he'd make us all give sixty percent of our allowance to do things like pay for medicine for everybody in the house and you know fix up the house and so so your house that. your house had a democratic socialist system. Well, it was abuse, is what it was. <laughs> oh, is they're taking money away from me and using it for other people? Like why can't I just do what I want with my allowance? Big you know? brother creeping in and putting in the hands of control. Exactly, you know. And they told me sometimes if I wanted to eat a donut, and my dad would be like, "I think." You've had too much donuts, and I'm like, well, how about you just let me live my life instead of telling me what to do? You already <laughs> take so much of my money away. I can't. I you love can't donuts. Even, I mean, also, you know, uh, these women are coming in here. I can't even touch them. I can't even. These women them. are coming in here. You know, who are these women you know, that are coming into your house? Just like you know, friends from the neighborhood and stuff. Oh. You know, like you know, you host like family party. adult friends who yeah, are coming into the house. Yeah, you know, friends of my mom and dad. You How know? old are you? Oh, you know, like six, six <laughs> or whatever. You know. Something like that. At six years, six old, years old, you're already you're looking to touch like, that women. predatory. Well, no, I just, I, well, I just wanted to touch some women. I'm a red-blooded American man, and I just want, I just, yeah. I just felt like, you know, these women are coming to my house. Maybe so, uh, get a little something for daddy. Get you know a little something, something for daddy. <laughs> maybe can I just touch? Riding up I the charts. Smell your hair. So yeah, it was obviously an abusive relationship, and uh, my dad was uh, not a good guy. He. He uh, emotionally scared all of us, and, you know, I'm glad that he's gone. Emotionally um, scared all of you. Did you have any siblings? I did. I did. Uh-huh. I had uh, 
Uh, any you brothers, know, any sisters? I had an older brother, wow. and, and I had an older sister. I was the youngest, okay. and I was the one who kept on telling everybody that this is bullshit because they're taking our money to fix up the house. And they were saying, well, you know, we all live here, so don't you think it's better if we all live in a nice house? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how about this? I take my money and I'll make my room nice, and then the rest of you guys can fuck off and die as far as I care. Oh, you know? no. Sounds they, like a dysfunctional household. It really was. And they they seemed like they were, you know, uh, happy with the situation. But I could tell that there were scars down on the inside, mm. you know. So wait, did you actually end up moving out of the house or oh, did you sure. stay there? Oh, you, yeah. you moved out? Where'd you I move? I moved out as soon as I possibly At six could. years old, you yeah. moved out? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, there was, a, there was a little, there was a girl's college down the street. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to live there so bad. I kept on running away and going to the girl's college and just, So I'm, know, pi I'm picturing I was, Roger Ailes. Was this like a bosom buddy situation? <laughs> Situation where you went to the school and you. I used to dress up as a college girl. Yes, that's what oh, happened. Wow. And you'd you fit know, right in, I'm sure. Figure, they could tell right away that I was a six year old boy. And so they were just. But there, I, I was cute as a button, just looking like a girl. You were know, you? As a six year old boy. So they used to prick me up and give me all sorts of squeezes, but they stopped that real quick after after they, after they I gave them a couple of squeezes back. You know? Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Now we've got to stop. Pretty they are, <laughs> you know? And when did you first go to jail? <laughs> Mm -hmm. oh, that, that Actually, that day. is a good first question. When did you first go to jail? Well, there's the thing is that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot worse these days for, mm. for a guy like me who just likes to, you know, tell women how pretty they are and just appreciate them, you know. And what's and, wrong with that? Exactly. And, you know, being... Dick Clark, I don't know how much you know about Roger Ailes, <laughs> well, but he seems like a very wholesome nice image. American you man. You see, back in the day when a woman will call the police on you because you got a little out of hand. I'm just going to stop you right there, Mr. <laughs> Ailes. Now, you did you later... Tell the police officer. Say, I'm just gonna go ahead and look stop. Look at what you. this slur's wearing. Please look at what this girl's wearing here. What am I supposed to do? And the cop would say, "Yeah, you're right. Get out of here." Yeah, yeah you're good old you know boy. what? Back to Dick Clark. You know, <laughs> I'm <we're> back. <laughs> I mentioned earlier the revolutionary television show American Bandstand, and uh, for people who don't know, it originally started as a show that just featured teenagers and young adults dancing to records. There were no performing artists on it. No artists actually performing. But in the 60s, that changed. You started having live performers, and that included huge, huge people like Ike and Tina Turner mm -hmm. and Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. The Beach Boys, Prince was eventually on the show. Mm -hmm. now, now, what do they all have in common except for the Beach Boys? What, what, are they, what, what do they all have in oh, common? Oh, come on now. Dick Clark. <laughs> Dick Clark. <laughs> hey, I was a pioneer in that regard. That's all I'm saying. You are. You, you absolutely were, and we are going to get to that. <laughs> I are. was very antsy to get to that credit. Give me Very that antsy to, <laughs> to virtue signal I that, that you. Credit. Hey, I was good in some ways. You were, well, I, I think you were good in a lot of oh, ways. It you. seems like you were. At least, a, at least, <laughs> I'm terrified to find out as this interview goes See, on. You know, it seems we, like all three of us are pretty good guys. We had a lot of. <laughs> I'm gonna stop you, Mr. Ailes. <laughs> three of us are pretty good guys. Let me just say Ailes. this. I know you want to talk about American Bandstand. I'm happy to do it. But on New Year's Rockin' Eve, things did get a rockin'. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. We're gonna get to that. Right. We're gonna get to that. I promise. We're gonna <laughs> okay. get to that. Um, but my question is for you. Who are some of the groups that you had on that didn't become famous? Because most groups that came on, they got a huge, huge bump, but there had to have been some groups that came on the show that just never quite hit. Well, the ones that the one that really stands out to me is the the Tiddly Twats. The Tiddly Twats? Yeah. Now I didn't create the name, <laughs> believe me. But they sang some great gospel music. The <laughs> <Twats>. did. <laughs> I, it just didn't catch on. It, we, we, this show was for children to dance to. And they came on, the tiddly twats, and they were so full of soul. And they sang Elijah Rock. Have you heard of Elijah Rock? Elijah Rock? No, yes. no. What is that? Uh, it's a song called Elijah Rock. I'm not much of a singer. But they also sang about Joshua Fitton, the battles of Jericho, all these church songs. I'm so sorry. You did just say that you're not much of a singer, but I'm wondering if you would grace us with a little bit of Elijah Rock. Uh, okay. Well, well, I just remember the bass part going, oh, Elijah, oh, Elijah. It was a drive-on bass line, you see? Oh, I hear it. I know I a little it. music. I know a yeah, little yeah, music. Yeah. That sounds great. Grr, and grr, uh, grr. so the Tiddly Tots, they had a real future, but I sent them on the church circuit. You sent them on the church circuit? Yes. They were, Wait, they, were you their manager? I became, oh, well, look, if I had faith in the groups, I would take them under my wing. You took them under your wing? Eventually. Who were some other groups that you took under your wing? Uh, well, a, a prince, for one. <laughs> 
I mean, Prince, he I learned he learned everything. And he did from great. Me. He did really great. He did really great. He and Michael, they always fought with each other, but I was daddy. You're speaking of Michael Jackson. Oh, of course. Ooh, did you ever say you ever say give a little something to daddy? Oh God. Not to them. Not to them. I wasn't I wasn't exactly that freaky. Hey, is it weird? I honestly thought that I was starting off with some pretty softball <laughs> questions. Prince. <laughs> now <laughs> Prince might have been into that, but Michael, <laughs> Michael was a man's man. Is it weird? When uh, you were just singing that gospel song, did anybody else did it hurt to listen to that? Does it hurt to listen to gospel? Where did it hurt? To listen to gospel? Just like in my, in my ears oh, and thought, in my heart and my body just kind of burned a little bit when I, think, I, well, when I hey. heard stuff like that. Is that just oh, me? I think that says a little more about you than us. Right. I'm wondering I'm wondering why it's that probably, is. Probably I, I'm a little insulted. Condition. I'm a little insulted. My nah, singing hurts. It's been my whole life. Anytime I oh. hear like a hymn. I, I, you, I, hey, or touch your Bible. I think you. Would, I, th I think it's a little bit of a holy water situation, burning oh. him. I don't. I don't think it's a your voice thing, Mr. The Clark. power of Christ compels you. Yes, oh, I think it's that kind of. Oh, <laughs> look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Does that look, make anybody else want to fart just when you hear that? Now, so something. now look, you, you do seem you do seem to be displaying some snowflake tendencies yeah. that certain oh, subjects hold do on hurt, a hurt you a little bit. Hold on a second. I, looking at you, I have a question. You're not hurting my feelings. Something You're hurting we can my body. we can really relate on. He's hurting. Mm -hmm. Do you have diabetes? Mm -hmm. I do not have diabetes. Oh. I'm a hemophiliac. I have diabetes. I'm a hemophiliac and I have a host of sexually transmitted diseases. Well, that makes sense. I have them in my genitals and on my face. Oh, I, that's Thank you for letting us you know. You can get STDs <laughs> on your face. Did you know that, dear Kurt? I know. Speaking of hemophilia, <laughs> if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests are television personality and host of American Bandstand, Dick Clark. Thank you, America. And Fox News chairman, CEO, and perhaps Hut, Roger Ailes. Uh, tell me about your girlfriend, Austin. We are moving on. <laughs> so I'm going to pivot back over to you, oh, Mr. Thank, Ailes, thank despite goodness. everything in my body telling me not to do that. Uh. You got your start working your way up the production ladder at the television show, the entertainment television, sh television show, The Mike Douglas Show. Mm, yeah, Mike Douglas. Great, great show. Douglas. Great, great show. Mm -hmm. Great show. You, I'm, I imagine that you knew uh, Mike Douglas pretty well. He was a mentor. Yes. Uh, and this show is famous for introducing such folks as, um, as uh, Barbara Streisand to True. the public. Oh. Okay. All <laughs> right. My goodness. <laughs> Outward animosity. I'm going to say that we can't say what? that anymore, but you get one of those. Wait, what? <laughs> What's no the problem? More. Listen, you got to learn, learn to mask that. She is, though. I, hey. All right, I'm, well, I'm just gonna like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing like the the uh, zap him the, with a taser. I'm just gonna go, start going or like a little cat. Exactly. So uh, you worked your way up from a PA to the executive producer, eventually winning some Emmys along the way, which yeah, congratulations nice. to you mm. for that. Now, what did you learn while working at this uh, this entertainment show that you'd later bring to your political career and to Fox News? That I'd later bring to my political career? Just Yeah, because you worked as a political consultant for yeah, a while, for a long right. time. That's right. Yeah, there are different things that I learned, you know, like when you're famous and you you got power, you can do whatever you want to people. Mm. You know, you are you saying that Mike Douglas would use his would use his power? No, but I could just tell the way that people looked at him. Where I was like, I bet that if he told like an intern to go into his office and take her pants off, that she would do it. But he would never. Hmm? No, no, he was a good guy. He was and a good guy. he's a decent looking human. But I always thought that that was kind of a <laughs> condemnation of him because, like, I was like, you're not taking advantage of all this power that you have, buddy. You know, it's like when you have a car, like you got a fresh car, fancy car, and you're not driving it. That's what he was doing with all these sweet and sexy little interns that he had on the show. You know, he wasn't taking advantage of it. Well, I was like, mate, Marco, are you leaving your Corvette in the garage, buddy? Why? And he didn't care for that kind of language. So well, I have know. to say that I don't care for this type of language <laughs> either. This is, and Dick Clark, I'm surprised that you're putting up with it as much as you are. Well, hey, off camera, I'm a little. I'm more of a dirty bird. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Not the, go party yeah. after this. <laughs> Afterwards, indeed. Maybe we go to a bar and we at get, the, we get the, a the diner down the street. Yeah, we get something for Daddy. If Dick Clark <laughs> and Roger Ailes become friends because of this episode, then I think that we have all done ourselves a, a good terrible service. disservice. <laughs> a terrible disservice. 
Now, uh, in we're 1960... We're just boys being boys, Austin. Come on. <laughs> what, just, what did you say? Boys, boys being, boys. being boys. Just boys being boys. Boys being boys. This is why he was never on mic or camera. This is why I never went to jail, because I just say, hey, it's just boys being boys, you know? And then the judge was almost always a boy also, and he would go, Almost. Eh. Back in um, those days. Yeah, sometimes there'd be a woman. I'd just say, let me get a little something for daddy. And then she would throw me in jail for a little bit. I just, then, I feel like I'm going to have to stop you in the middle soon, of every single story. I feel like you can I, just keep going. As soon as I got a guy cop or a guy bailiff, and I just said, come on, man, it's just boys being boys. And he'd be like, yeah, you're right. He let me go. Oh. So oh my it God, didn't matter. Disgusting. Didn't matter disgusting. How many Middle America. Sexy lady judges they threw at me. I could just do whatever I wanted just by saying, hey, boys, but boys. You In know? 1967, yeah. you had a spirited discussion. <laughs> About television and politics with one of the Mike Douglas show's guests, Richard Nixon, who mm. took the view that television was a gimmick. Yeah. But later, Nixon hired you to serve as his executive producer for television. You mm. helped him with his television appearances. So, yeah. yeah. Now he was you... a real star. <laughs> <laughs> if there's well, if there's take... nothing if there's anything that we could say about Richard Nixon is that he was magnetic on camera. Yeah, he looked magnetic. Great. You well, couldn't look on. anywhere else. Hold totally comfortable and at peace. Hold on a second. He, he looked didn't like take... a crab faced goon. He just wanted to look more. He didn't sweaty. he didn't take all my advice. You know, I would Well what was him... some of your advice? How, how did you get him to change his mind about television? That it was something that needed to be paid attention to. Well, the first thing that happened was, you know, he, uh, we were watching television one day and there was, uh, you know, like a good old fashioned shootout on there. And I was like, Hey man, how does that make you feel? And he's like, you know, I feel, it feels exciting to watch this television show. And I'm like, yeah, but like, what if, you know, all the good guys were white and all the bad guys were not white? What, oh what would you God. think about that? And he was like, you know, I think that, I think I see what you're getting at here, buddy. So I should be so, president. <laughs> so is, is this, is this how you, is this how you, uh, um, got Nixon to start using what, what became known as the Southern strategy? Oh yeah. Cause we were both pretty big racists, you know, oh. but back then being a racist wasn't like a bad thing. It was a little bit like following a different sports team or someone else, you know? Like, you know, if like you're dating a girl and you mm -hmm. meet her, you meet her dad and you don't really have anything to talk about, but you, you both follow sports. So you can talk about sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what being racist used to be like, you know, you just like meet your girlfriend's dad and you just be like, you say something racist and he'd be like, yeah, I, I believe that true. And then. And then, it, used know, to, it used to be a, 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 a small talk a discussion, like the weather, like exactly, the weather. Exactly, exactly. And like, it's, but instead of saying like, you know, I can't believe it's raining again, you'd say like, I can't believe the Jews are making it rain again. You oh know? my god! So you just, oh yeah, my god! Races, I know. Oh god! Just these fucking. <laughs> Hipsters, these Williamsburg hipsters have a problem with what I'm saying, but I'm just telling you what it was like back in the 1960s, 1970s. But I was and there. The and the 1980s, <laughs> and in some places in the 90s and yes. 2000s. And Dick Clark, you today. were there. Dick Clark, you were there. Did, yeah. did you feel like this was a small talk discussion? I would hope this is this is not. This well, is it's certainly no not something I would say on the air. Mm, <laughs> I mean, no. I'm like, but here are the Beach Boys and whatever you said about oh, Jews. Yeah. yeah, of course, because of this uh, liberal liberal Jew-run media, I, wouldn't let you say what everybody else was thinking, but. I, put a stop to that, I was on sure. ABC. Was that Jew run? Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe. Who knows? Oh, uh, oh, oh it, was God. it in entertainment? Yes. Was it in the world of entertainment? Were hey, they... but I don't have the animosity. <laughs> I'm happy. I got to own a lot of stuff. I had a good long career. Happy New Year. Mm. So you, so you are, you are happy with the things that you have, and you feel as though you didn't need to have any more than what you had. You, oh, were, you no. felt like you, you felt like you say had a sense of privilege. No, oh my I God. mean I'm not gonna okay. lie to you. I thought, right. I mean I, I earned good. everything good, I Clark. had. I Switching. earned everything That's I had. That's good, Dick Clark. You pulled yourself and up from your bootstraps. I could have had more. Switching mm -hmm. to should have had more. <laughs> Switching to Dick Clark in the hopes that I'm gonna get okay. one good Come on, answer. Sport. Come on, sport. And the first oh, half I that so I thought was going to be the easy half. I had so much to say about Nixon. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I'm sure you'll work it in somewhere. I'm sure you'll work it in somewhere. Misunderstood. War on drugs. All right. Switching over to. Oh God. <laughs> so switching over to Dick Clark. Yeah. Now, American Bandstand initially only featured white attendees. This is what you were getting at earlier yes. for fear of alienating viewers. Mm. However, oh, now we don't need to hear from make, you right now, America Roger Ailes. Great again. We don't. Oh, oh, oh God. My goodness. Just trigger warning for the whole show, yeah. guys. Trigger warning for the whole show. That's I right. apologize. Go hide under your flannels. Once the program, yeah. once the program went, na it's cold. Once the program went national in Los Angeles, new host, that's you, Dick Clark, decided that integration was the most responsible move. 
Now, history goes back and forth with the timing and motives of the integration on American Bandstand. But sure. nevertheless, American Bandstand socially impacted teenagers' opinions regarding race. This is a very, very good, very, very positive thing. That's great. So now that you're here, and I'm hoping, <laughs> beyond hope, that this is just a lob. I'm hoping so hard. All right. Can I'm... you set the record straight about why you decided to integrate when you did? Money. Oh my God! Uh, well, wait a minute. Now hold on. Let's be real here. We're three mm -hmm. uh, card, cold heart, red blooded American red -blooded males. Amer we're boys cold hearted. Yeah. No, I'm not carrying. cold hearted. What are you getting? Uh, at? No, I, I'm look. cold hearted. Look, we I'm know. Cold -hearted. We know. Best. We know. No, everybody knows. There's no warmth in my body. Let's be real here. <laughs> Dick Clark will tell you the truth. When you look at all the best music from those days, Elvis, mm -hmm. a lot of his music, the style, the rhythm, the blues, was stolen. Let's be honest. It was stolen from black artists. Yes, yes, yes. And Rhythm so, and blues, yeah. And, you know, we wanted to expand the audience. Mm -hmm. And, hey, this might come as a shock to that guy. <laughs> but people of different colors, they have money, too. They want to spend their money on the records, on the, you know, memorabilia of my show. I don't know how this accent came along. <laughs> he felt like appealing to a diverse audience uh, by offering a diverse group of artists was a, uh, a, a financially responsible move. Do you know the song, Tutti Frutti? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do. By Little Richard. Yes. Yes. The first time I heard that song, all I could think was, I just, I just got to dance. You just got to dance. I mean, you can't it's hear Tutti Frutti and not want to just shake your bomb ball, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I, knew, I knew that That's the children would feel the same way. And they did, and it was a huge hit. Was that the first song we played on American Bandstand? <laughs> the black one? The first black song we played on the American Bandstand? The, the, the <laughs> you know, the first black artist featured. The first black yeah. artist? Was it? To, oh, I, I, you're been the little one who's Richard. here. Yes. <laughs> Should have been Little Richard. Should have been Little Richard. But it I also think about American Bandstand as the white one and the black one. Like, after it was integrated <laughs> oh you know integrated <laughs> so it, it really wasn't integrated we had black artists on but they didn't i don't think the black kids were on television dancing for a long time i i, I, th I think that's true but i do think at some point and yes. i think relatively early yeah like relatively early i, I i'm guessing you're the one who's here <laughs> right uh <laughs> i can tell you <laughs> it took some time i look i didn't want to smash it over the head of people i wanted to take baby steps so they could get used to this whole new thing called integration mm. okay okay yes. so I, I, I was the father of integration people used to call me that you were the father of integration <laughs> yep. daddy daddy intro daddy integration mm. and what daddy is... intro daddy integration yeah it was weird i don't know why they would get and it what does confused. daddy get then what does daddy get in return for starting please integration? just stop saying daddy in front of he roger teaches Ale. them please. he teaches them that hey we are the world we are the children. Mm, children. Are you saying, oh God, stop it! <laughs> He's got Roger Ailes. Here. Roger Ailes. I'm going to call the FCC. You are disgusting. What? You are disgusting. I do have a question for you. I do yeah. have a question. Yeah. You said that's how you died earlier. Yeah. What? It was what? shaking your bonbon to Tutti Frutti. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, what? well, you know, I'm a hemophiliac and I also have a host of sexually transmitted diseases on my genitals and on my face. <laughs> you can get them in your face TMI. and in your hole as well. And I, and I do have them in my butthole, additionally. Um, I imagine that, that anywhere you could have a sexually transmitted disease that you have. You can get herpes in your eyes. Did you know that? And I do. What, uh, anyway. What's wrong with your butthole? What's up? What's what? What do you have on your butthole? Well, every, uh, everything you can get in your butthole. <laughs> that is absolutely repulsive. I've got anal warts. Okay. I've so got, what was the question? I've got. Uh, who even knows oh, anymore? I've got anal anymore. herpes. I had. But I, I was I was hoping. Oh, I was you hoping know that you could died. <laughs> yes, I wanted to know how you died. Oh, hey, wait, good song, real, right? Yeah. So Thank I was, you. I was dancing, and you know I have hemophilia in mm. addition to sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> in We're my off the tracks. Mouth, genitals, butthole, and eyeballs. But I fell down from dancing to Trudy. Fruity, and because I'm a hemophiliac with sexually transmitted diseases, that caused internal injuries. Uh, the bleeding didn't stop because my blood doesn't clot, and so then I died. Well, so now that that I did the world a service, <laughs> although that had to have been way after the fact. Yeah, that was only a couple years. <laughs> yeah, ago. right. That was a little while ago. Well, before well, before we go to break, mm -hmm. before we go to break, yeah. because I feel like if I ask Roger Ailes anything else, <laughs> that we're gonna go to break on a really really foul mood. I have uh, one more question okay. of you, Mr. Clark. Go ahead, sport. Now I mentioned this. <laughs> thank you. Now I understand. Uh, we, we 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 touched on this earlier. But uh, Mr. Clark, you had a book which I had no idea uh, no idea about. <laughs> 
called Dick Clark's Easygoing Guide to Good Grooming. Now, for mm. those of us who have not read the book, and perhaps Roger Ailes, you could take some pointers from this. I'm not on Can camera. Can you tell us some secrets good. on how you kept your youthful glow for so long? Well, here's the most important thing. A girlfriend taught me this. Mm -hmm. When you wake up in mm. the morning, you put your deodorant on the pits. Also, <laughs> you should also put it on the groin. Okay. Yes, because well, it can get stanky. What do you do if stanky. you have some kind of an inflammation from a sexually oh. transmitted disease? See a doctor. <laughs> See a doctor. I don't. I think you're beyond help. Those pus wounds are not, not okay. But that was number one. Youth, but also moisturize. Moisturize. So deodorant on the pits. There's this moisturize and the crotch and the crotch because you don't. You, this crotch is what people forget about. It stinks and gets stanky. And trust me, when I'm up there under the hot lights, I'm sweating like a pig. You can't really tell because of the great mm -hmm. glow. Great makeup and the glow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They give me a glow cream. Neutrogena, Neutrogena. is great for glow moisturizing. Cream. I've never heard of glow cream. Glow cream. Mm -hmm. Dick Clark's glow cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can buy it on a QVC. Oh, amazing. QVC. Did you, did you go Profiting on QVC quite name, a bit? Though. Uh, not as often. My wife would do that, please. That's a woman's work. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> damn right woman's is. work. What I say. You're damn right there is. What I say. Woman's work and... Uh... I owned QVC for a short while. Uh, wait, did you really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and the answers to QVC and so many things more when we return to Famous Dead People. We've got to take a short break. We'll be right back with Roger Ailes and Dick Clark. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. Oh, my goodness gracious, folks. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your guest host, Austin Sanders, sitting in for Jarrett Berenstein. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are New Year's Rockin' Eve creator and host Dick Clark. Shake your bonbon. And political strategist and television legend in his own Awful, awful right, Roger Ailes. Our demand loyalty. Oh, my God. Yes. How well, can you prove your loyalty, Austin? Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess I'm going to do it by asking you <laughs> this question, which is uh, something that I read about you that I thought was very interesting. So once you joined the political realm, you worked with uh, Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush, as well as Rudy Giuliani on yeah. his mayoral campaign. Rudy, good old Rudy. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, your political strategies are being used. My favorite of these is the orchestra pit theory yeah. regarding sensationalist political coverage in the news media, which originated with this quip. If you have two guys on a stage and one guy says, I have a solution to the Middle East problem, and the other guy falls in the orchestra pit, who do you think is going to be on the evening news? Yeah. Now, do you have any regrets about the way that you've influenced our political discourse? Well, no. First of all, uh, first of all, that quote is mis quoted. It's misconstrued. No, it's just correctly oh. quoted. But people always assume that I mean the thing that's going to be on the news is the guy on the orchestra pit. When what I meant was that the guy who's talking about the Middle East is going to be on the news because. Even back then, I knew that what we should be doing is starting big, big old wars oh. in the Middle East. <laughs> I had such and, high hopes for that. <laughs> and, how, uh, and how that's going to be just good for, for all my buddies in oil, all my buddies in the, in mm -hmm. the military-industrial complex. And so I was saying, I was trying to say that uh, if, if, you know, we got a guy on the news who says he has a solution to the Middle East, that guy's going to be on the news because we're going to have that dude taken care of. So wait so a second. So wait a second. 
He's going to be on the news. Don't try to solve the Middle East because we won't get in there. Is that really what you meant? That is what I meant. (laughs) Wait a second. So wait a second. I I really do have a question about this. So so it's supposed to be about uh, this whole thing is supposed to be about how you helped bring about sensationalist news coverage. Yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is, is that, and while I don't care for the substance, <laughs> but that this was a more substantive thing that you were proposing with well, the orchestra pit theory. I mean, basically, we're, there's going to be an assassination of a presidential candidate that I am going to cause if anybody threatens to solve the Middle East issues because we want to get in there, right? And so it's sensational still because I'm having somebody killed, an important person killed. <laughs> but I mean, the point remains the same that somebody is going to be on the news because they got hurt by me. <laughs> See, so I just play, and I just play songs to dance. Does that make sense? <laughs> so I'm, I'm still trying sense? to follow. I'm running on camera, guys. So what you're so <laughs> essentially what you're saying is is that always make sure that your guy is talking about the Middle East and make sure that the other guy gets hurt. No, no, no. The guy who's <laughs> trying to solve the Middle East oh boy. is going to get assassinated by me because we don't want it solved. We want to get in there and we want to get some of that oil. We want to get some. We want to get something for Daddy. We want to get some indus- <laughs> military industrial complex contracts. I'm so afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically. But so, I mean, the point. So the with the quote, let's yeah. be clear. The quote: <laughs> Who's going to be on the news? Who's a guy who falls in the pit or talks about the, the Middle East? The guy that That's I what you meant. assassinates. <laughs> That's the Middle East guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's also clear. Yeah. Uh, d- Does this is, not make sense to you? I'm sorry. Maybe if I put it into hipster DJ lingo, no, maybe you'll get it a little better. I understand. No, but it doesn't make sense. No, but it I'll makes say no sense. Something else that doesn't make sense Urker. is that you eventually made your way back to television, and this time you were focusing on cable news. And in 1993, you became president of CNBC mm. and later created the America's Talking Channel, which mm. would eventually become MSNBC. Yes. Which I think has got to be very surprising Yowzers. for a lot of people who who know about you. Are you disappointed at the direction that MSNBC eventually became of no. being much more of a liberal bastion? No, 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 no. no. I a mean, sort of liberal answer to Fox News, whether that's your type of uh, no, news or not. No, 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 no. <laughs> because, uh, you know, people don't stop watching because there's a conflict. They stop watching if there isn't any. Oh, as I as remember as that from the trailer. I, I remember that. that from the trailer for the for the movie Bombshell. Such I have good that advice. tattooed in a very sensitive Gross. place. Oh, it's around my butthole. So. <laughs> I don't see how you can I don't see how you can stand anything That's near disgusting. your butthole. It seems like there are a lot of infections you know, there. Getting a, a, a tattoo was dangerous because I'm a hemophiliac, as I <laughs> mentioned. So yeah, I can imagine it was difficult. It was a whole process, but it was worth it because I really believe in that. Anyways, we needed <laughs> we needed to have a good foil for. Fourfax News because you know the, the mainstream <laughs> Fourfax News because for sure. I just had a little bit of gonorrhea on my tongue oh, flare up. So. My oh my god, god. I'm uh, squeaky clean. Sir. So you so you helped set up MSNBC as as a foil, much in the same way that you were talking yeah. about the Middle East. Yeah, well, I mean, on Fox News, we, we would have we, we would have liberals come on sometimes, but the the key to it was we would pick the liberals. So like we wouldn't get like good people who were good at talking and making points, we would get, like, people that were, like, liberal, but they couldn't really string a sentence together all that well, and they were just really good at looking like an idiot. And okay. so... Michael Moore? That's what MSNBC is to Fox News, is basically set that whole network up to be a bunch of liberals who are really bad at doing... at convincing people about things, and that way I, we can point to that and be like, well, look at this. You know, look at these... <laughs> Look liberals. at how poor they are at explaining their points. Exactly. Our terrible. And, and poor. And, and poor. just poor, right? We're at Fox News. We got we got gold watches on and, you know, our, our female anchors are wearing just the, the shortest little skirts. Our lives are so everything. different. Yeah. <laughs> our lives are so different. Or you, you can go over to MSNBC and see, uh, you know, Chris, Chris, whatever. Kringle? Chris, uh, Kringle. What? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Kringle, I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But I will Who's say this. Who's over there? Chris Matthews or uh, Chris, Chris Hayes? Dick both, Clark, both. Dick Clark, what is it you well, want to say? I just want to point something out here, America. Sure. sure. You're talking about making a living off of the ineptitude of other people. Yeah, yeah. 
I spent a lifetime profiting off of the talents of other people. Her. So, who's good in this scenario, huh? Mm -hmm. I Thank think you, America. All three of us. <laughs> all three of us. America's good guys. father, right here. We're all good guys. Daddy, 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 America. Dad and I wanted to like you so much. <laughs> I wanted to like I had such high hopes for well. you. Mm, you can be Daddy America. I'll be Daddy that South America. Son of a bitch. Has and he been on this show? <laughs> <laughs> Dick Clark. Yeah. In 1972, you produced New Year's Rockin' Eve, mm -hmm. a New Year's Eve music special for NBC, which included coverage of the ball drop festivities in New York City. You had famous acts that would come on and they would entertain folks as they were hanging out waiting for the ball to drop, yes. waiting for the big countdown. But I have to guess that there had to have been all sorts of mishaps. Like what sort of mishaps happened? During... Well, have you ever seen the show? Oh, well, sure. Man, well, sure. A, but what's, what's, what's some that we might not know it about? It is a shit show. Well, Anybody first of ever... all, Mariah Carey, mm -hmm. Nightmare. Nightmare, she, how so? She is a big old diva and a mm -hmm. big old bitch. And she does not like Don't singing. love that word. Well, she <laughs> Don't love it. She doesn't like singing in the cold weather. She so don't take the gig. Mm. I don't know. Did you, she thought we were going to have heaters. Heaters in Times Square. Do you ever have any uh, no any, any costume <laughs> malfunctions? You ever oh, like that? now actually we did. And so, it wasn't Janet Jackson. It. it was uh, Michael. Oh, Michael Jackson, his shirt came right up and the FC's fee came down on my ass as if it had been planned. But let me talk about Rock and Eve because it's an innovative show. Yes, please. How sad is that show? <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to have a party with my friends at my real house. Uh, uh, you, wait, so, wait, so, wait, do you have a house in, in Times Square? Uh, no. I was so you wanted to have this at your house. Where do you live? Beverly Hills. <laughs> Where else? So you wanted to have a, a, real a, a party. New Year's show. An actual party. Counting no. down to the West Coast. <laughs> no, I didn't want to have a show on New Year's. I wanted to have a family or just a get-together at my house. But I couldn't get in. I didn't have any. This is so sad. Dick Clark had no friends. Did you want this to be televised? Well, the my party? Yes. No, the 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 show The Rock and New Year's Eve was a response to not having any actual friends <laughs> come to my house. So I wasn't going to sit there with my wife and just, you know, marinate my own sadness. So I said, well, hey, I'm a big TV guy. I own a lot of stuff now. I own a lot of radio stations. I'm a big name, Dick Clark. And so so I was like, well, oh, yes, that one. <laughs> well, yeah. And so I was like, well, Lickin. Lickin. Not Dick York, not Dick Sargent. Not Dick Nixon. Dick Clark, mm -hmm. not Dick Nixon. Not that dicky, tricky dick. You are no Dick Nixon. Hey, uh, well, that's true. It's true. But anyway, so that was a response. And uh -huh. hey, it looked well, and it looked like I had a lot of friends, a lot of power. All those acts, they couldn't care less about old man Dickie Clark. I was getting old by the time that came into be. But it looked like I was in friends with all these hot young things. Yes. Okay. I just right. exposed myself. Mm. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, that seems like a natural segue. <laughs> a very oh, unnatural segue. A very, very His unnatural segue. Slips. God. <laughs> if you can't, you can't see him right now. He truly does look like a hut. He truly does. Yaba, don't offend Yaba. <laughs> uh, so Roger Ailes. Yeah. Back to you. Good. In a book published in 2014, Gabriel Sherman alleged that in the 1980s, you offered a television producer a raise if she, this television producer, would sleep with you. Mm -hmm. Now, Fox News denied the allegation yeah. and rejected the authenticity. And then on July 6, 2016, Gretchen Carlson, another Fox anchor, filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against you. Carlson alleged that she had been fired for rebuffing your advances and then... Your attorney denied the charges. I have follow-up questions, but first off, I want to give you the opportunity to set the record straight. All right. Did this happen? Boris would be Boris. Of course it happened. That sounds like an admission. <laughs> yes, that sounds like happened. an admission. I mean, we all knew it was true. We all an, believed Gretchen Carlson. We all believed the original person it's not as well. An admission. I'm just saying Boris would be Boris. So what does that Boards mean, though? What, 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 is, what, is, just, what is this justification? Boris would be Boris. You know what it means. Come on. But, but, but that's, but that's four words that, that is supposed to encapsulate <laughs> why <laughs> you... Oh, God, Dick Clark, not from <laughs> you as well. <laughs> not from you as well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll translate. Stop making the noises. Let me translate. You know what? I, I will Go let you. I, I will <laughs> let you translate. I will boys will translate. be boys. Basically means hey, no big deal. Hey, uh -huh. that's how boys uh -huh. are. That's what boys do. These are red-blooded American males. 
he did it. He did it. It's an admission. It's all right, sir. Roger. But and and let's say that there was never a time where there was where this was okay. But even as we, I like to think that we as a society hopefully get better over time. Nope. We hopefully make well. <laughs> I feel like we occasionally do. I mean, the, the wheel turns slowly, but it turns. I'm hoping that you maybe now, after all of this, after 23 women came forward and said that you harassed them, I'm hoping that you feel somewhat that you feel that you did the wrong thing. Right. I did the wrong thing. You you really feel that way? Do you I really? Did, no, I did the Is this an admission of guilt? Or you mean like by sexually harassing those women? Do you feel What else would he are, be are talking you, about? Are you, are you saying that that you admit to it and that you feel guilt because of it? No, no. No. God. <laughs> no. You admitted no. it already. So there's no, no I guilt. Did, I did the wrong thing by by uh Don't by feel bad about it. Sexually harassing those women because they told people <laughs> About it, and so if so I so you're saying that there are others out there? Oh yeah, oh so many, oh so many. Look, I I was a much better man than he is, but I have to say, I kind of sitting here thinking, well, Jesus, think of all the tail I could have been getting yeah, if he. Yeah, I mean, come on now, look at me, you look do at have, him. I mean, but but couldn't you have just asked somebody? You could have you could suck. I no 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 no. no. You could have just said, I think that you were an attractive no, person. Are you interested suck. in going out with me sometime? I demand loyalty. Oh, no, that's not what, that's you, what you should say. say. I could No, I could. That's how you do I'm it. so conflicted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, oh, could I've got? You're saying couldn't I've just gotten women? To be lovers with me through my charm and good looks, or just but just by asking them to go out with you, like through through a series of interactions, well, that's what where I did. you where you show that you wait, that's just, what I did. Wait, so you asked all of these women? Yeah, I said on dates. I want loyalty, <laughs> and you got to think of a way to prove that you're loyal to me. That's not the same thing. Which obviously means why don't we just go on on a date and then maybe I get a little something for daddy. <laughs> Human trash. For those <laughs> oh. of you who are just joining us, and what a great time to join. Why don't you talk about your girlfriend? You are, stop <laughs> it. Yeah. You are listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are television icons for incredibly different reasons, Dick Clark and Roger Ailes. <laughs> Top 40. Uh, yeah. So, speaking of, speaking of, uh, hopefully, hopefully, oh God, why are you all right, son? I'm just scared. Oh, I can't I'm wait for this scared with everything. I'm scared of everything I can't right worry. now. So, uh, Dick Clark. Yes. It was said that you gave us the soundtrack of to our, our lives. Yes. Of our lives. Whatever. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Either one works. If you had to pick your desert island top five songs, oh, please God, give me good songs <laughs> and good reasons. Why? Well, obviously, mm -hmm. the Macarena. <laughs> wow, okay, and why? Because like it's an aerobic exercise doing the dance, and it's a catchy little tune. Hippity. I like the songs that tell you how to do the dance. Right, exactly. It promotes physical that fitness. One, that one doesn't. Word? That one doesn't tell the you Macarena? how to do the dance. Yeah. It's in Spanish. I can't imagine you speak. No, Spanish. I had a translated version. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh. I don't like listening to other languages. On American Bandstand. So I would always have somebody translate the songs and then and then go cut a record for me. I actually uh, am very curious. What are the lyrics to the to Macarena? Don't need to plant at a clear Macarena. Well, so, that's the Spanish version. Oh, yeah. What's, oh, yeah, what's what the, English? What's the English? I apologize. Why don't, why don't you dance the Macarena? That's why it. Don't, why <laughs> don't, don't you dance the Macarena? Why don't you dance the Macarena? And then the next part is the dance. This is like put your hand out, turn oh, it over. Oh, you put had your a hand weird. Out, put your, that's a weird version. Up, I never heard that. Put your hand on your hip, turn it over, put your. Then switch your hands around it, and then say, everybody say Macarena. This was the special <laughs> needs version. version. Okay. That's the English version. Wow. Okay. Special yes. I mean, I didn't Very do the translating myself. I'm, I'm not bilingual. <laughs> like so that like was, me. <laughs> so that's one. What's that's, the next one? Um. Probably, I got you, babe. I Sunny got you, and babe. Cher. Really? Yes, because it was really? such a lovely duet, and they were so in love. Mm. Did they ever divorce? No, <laughs> <laughs> they are still together to Ooh, this day. I have, I have bad news. I have bad news. Oh. But before we, before we wait in, in, <laughs> like, into that too far, I like that song. Three? I like that song. I got you, babe, because I used to say that all the time. Oh God! <laughs> what are your other three songs? Are you? Oh, uh, well, obviously, Michael Jackson's um, "Beat It." Because I would be doing a lot of that on this island alone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, hey, I'm just being real. Dick Clark. <laughs> uh, Green Day's uh, Basket Case. That's okay. That's probably one of my favorites. Okay. And then, of course, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Which, Johnny which, Be Good. Johnny Be Good. Did he mm -hmm. sing? He did. Good. 
<laughs> yes, of course yes, he, he did. did. Yes, and he that, did. And, and, why, a, and why? why? Well, that one takes me back. Oh, okay. That was a, one of the first songs to really break the racial barrier on my show. Oh, really? So, so it takes you back to a very proud moment of eh. your show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's just a pivotal oh, moment. God. Just a pivotal moment. <sighs> that show was on the air forever. Mm. And not, not everyone could have kept a show on the air with, with the changing times like yours, truly. Mm. So you're welcome. You did a good job. That son of a bitch, Casey Case, I'm trying to outdo me. Oh, my God. Yeah. That guy's foreign. If I give one message here, it's I hate Casey got, Kasem. That guy's got a weird name. Casey, I don't trust him. Yes, what was it? Casey Kasem. Oh. He's, he's like Polish or something. We'll find <laughs> that out. We'll find that out. We'll have him deported. Somebody Google it. Uh, you're disgusting. So, so Roger, those are my five songs, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's fantastic. And I'm happy that some of that was happy things. <laughs> hey, uh, you know. Now, Roger, you Earth. and your wife. I'm going to switch back over to you. Roger. Mm. Named? You had a... Who were your list. wife named? Well, I had three wives. Oh, what yeah. was your last wife? Oh, last Cindy wife. Your last wife. I think it was Cindy. Okay, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. I call her Cindy. <laughs> we had cute little pet names for each other. Well, if you like called her Cindy. anything, I I'm call just her happy Cindy. I call her Cindy, and she would call me she, Daddy. She called me. Stop! Stop! Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> God. That sounds lovely. So through your charity, charity ACI mm. Senior yeah, a, Development. I'm a real good guy. I donated a lot of money to charity. Well, hold on. <laughs> a hold foundation it. to help nonprofits find grants, which this is a good thing. You promised $500,000 towards the completion of a senior center in Putnam County, New York. Yeah, isn't that a good, I'm not a good guy? Now, there was local opposition to your participation after publication of the sexual harassment accusations against you in response to the Journal News report Mm. about previously undisclosed conditions attached to the proposed gift. So not only was it that uh, it was happening at a bad time for you because all the allegations were coming out, but also it was coming out that ACI was excused from any obligation to pay prevailing wages to workers on the project, workers and sub- subcontractors who would have no recourse against ACI in case of payment disputes and ACI would deliver its work without warranty. Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. Think about that. I can't. Think about it. I'm giving you some money. <laughs> and if, you, if, if I'm not saying you have to pay your workers with that money, think about how much further that money's going to go. But to, that's just smart business. But isn't that's that just smart business? But isn't that antithetical to the very idea of charity in and of itself? Well, I mean, it's an old person's charity, right? Yeah, it was for an old person's house. No, <laughs> a old folk a retirement center. Yeah, it's it was to help for... nonprofits find grants. Yeah, yeah, for, oh. for, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what geriatrics. most of those words mean. For geriatric, yeah. so this is for geriatric nonprofits. It's for old people, right? Not like us. I thought it was for old people. Oh, is it just for other? It's just other grants. Just well, you would be the person me. who would know. That's <laughs> charities. It was for. An, uh, I mean, that's just what I read. It's for sexual know. assault victims. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, because this these geriatrics, they don't care about sexual assault. They don't remember. Oh, oh, that's awful. That's, that's awful. disgusting. Wait, wait. They remember what sex was like. It was so long ago. They don't remember what oh, it yeah. was like. Yeah. Well, that that's where you're wrong. They probably like to hear a little something spicy. You know. Wait, so are you? Up a little bit. <laughs> wait, is, are you? Are you finally? Are you finally finding yourself to be disgusted by Roger uh, Ailes? Oh, Mr. come on, Clark. Dick. Well, oh, come on, I Dick. can tell you. Come on, Dick. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> old people still have sensual feelings. They got a little juice in the tank. Yes, they still oh, get it God. on, as, as Marvin Gaye would say. <laughs> Let's get it on, and we did. Oh, okay. He and I. Hey, I guess it takes all different flavors. You know, variety is a special life. Variety is a spice of life. And Fanta. Er, certainly is. Sorry, what was your question? Go. Uh, well, my, sure my question was going to be, my mm. question was going to be, were there any other charities that you got kicked out of? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, grr. one time I was trying to uh, donate some money to Planned Parenthood. Really? <laughs> I'm, that surprises me. I was trying Honestly, to, that's a very good answer. I was trying that's to donate some money to Planned Parenthood. I don't see where that makes me a bad guy. I'm they amazed wouldn't. that they wanted to take your money in the first place. Well, I mean, they had to. I, I got my maid pregnant, and I was trying to get her get an abortion. And oh, gross. This is, oh my so God. I gave her 50 bucks, which I, I said, call $50. it. $50. I said, call it. <laughs> $50. I said, go you get yourself. cheap son of a bitch. Go get it taken care of and tell them this is a donation. You uh, know? And so, yeah. But then they $50. said they said that abortions are more than that, so I guess they returned my charity. They return my donation. Wait, so wait, so you thought the fifty dollars was charity? It was yeah. not payment for for. Well, I thought abortions are supposed to be free, right? Well, how much are they? In Obama's America. I don't know. Right. 
Ugh, Isn't that right? I don't know. No, <laughs> no. I'm middle of the road dick. <laughs> oh. Our, how much do abortions cost? Or, or what Austin? else? You must I also donated a bunch of money to the uh, Sperm. A, uh, NAACP. No, you didn't. Oh, did you really? Yeah. You, yeah. Well, that, well, I think that's a wonderful thing. Oh, they gave it back, though. They gave it back. But, yeah. uh, but so, the, so they kicked I you out. Because I thought it was college basketball. Okay. So <laughs> back to Dick Clark. Oh. Mr. Clark. Yep. This is, this is fascinating. Thank you. You were the co-host of a show called The Other Half. Mm-hmm. which was a sort of answer to the view, a male answer to the view with Mario Lopez, Danny Bonaducci, and Dorian Gregory, who I don't know who that is. That sounds like a television. So the- what was this show and what were some of your favorite topics? Um, well, it was an answer to the view at that mm-hmm. last name, the Dorian Gray character. <laughs> Dorian <laughs> Gregory. <laughs> he was like a Debbie, Wait, Debbie Matt Clark, Nobula. I don't want to interrupt you. Please, go I ahead. I don't want to interrupt you here, but <laughs> I just got to say how refreshing it is that you were giving men an opportunity to say something on television. <laughs> I like, know. Because we generally don't have well, like a voice. So rare. <laughs> so rare. So right for, in the middle of daytime. Uh, and then, a bunch and of look, men. I even threw in a Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and so rare in podcasts, yeah. too. You got to. <laughs> you gotta give the Jews something. I know. You know? The who? The Jews. You gotta give oh, the Jews something. That's just oh, terrible. God. You're a horrible, horrible man. <laughs> uh, so, what were some of your favorite topics? Well, and, and, and what did Danny Bonaducci have to say about it? <laughs> Danny, but that poor son of a bitch. <laughs> he, was, he, he had problems, okay? I don't wanna speak ill of him, but he had problems. He would show up a little sauced, uh-huh. a little toasted, mm-hmm. a little schwasty, okay. a little fat, boys and a little nasty. He could mm-hmm. not. He was not ready for television. I made a mistake there, but A.C. Slater was. A.C. Slater uh, is, yes. Mario Lopez. Now, he was a good-looking young chap. You know what A.C. stood for? Uh, American cop. <laughs> I don't know why. Cock? Well, I'm leaving it there. So. Oh, <laughs> do you know? It's Albert Clifford. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. His name was Albert Clifford? Albert On Clifford the show, Slayer. we're talking, of course, about the hit show Say bro, bro. starring Casey Kasem. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> that was a terrible thing. But listen, so we talked about the current events of the day. We also uh-huh. could, would talk about the uh, struggle of being a man in America. Uh, yeah. You wonder why the show didn't catch on. They're all trying. They're all trying <laughs> there was no this. music, though. It was a total diff. It was total deviation where, from my career path. Were you saying that you previously wanted teenagers dancing in the background while all four of you talked about? Well, they wouldn't floor. recognize. I'm Dick Clark. Hello, America, and welcome uh-huh. to. I wanted to call it American Boy Talk. American Boy. <laughs> but we were all a little. I was a little old to be calling myself a boy. I have problems. I yeah. I, I think that I think that that's valid. American Boy Talk, and instead, what do we call it? Oh, well, the other half. How the, the other, other half, half lives. Exactly. That's what exactly. I was thinking. I like that because then if they cancel the view, no one will know why they called it the other half. Well, this is my swing. <laughs> this is my swing at trying to produce good television. I really, you know, it's funny because... An actual very good point from Roger Ailes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. See, that's why you were successful as a producer. I was more just a hired hand. You know, when I was uh-huh. the host of Pyramid, people were like, hey, how'd you come up with the, the game yeah. show Pyramid? <laughs> I didn't come up with jack shit. I was a hired hand. Mm. Whenever I did try and come up with stuff, eh, how the other half? Yeah. Right in the toilet. Yeah. But AC uh, Slater, he was some eye candy. Oh, I, I'm not going to argue with <laughs> you. know I'm it. not going to argue with you on that. You know it. So really quickly, before we leave, before we leave for today, oh, very no. quickly, uh, Roger Ailes, yeah. I, I have a question for you very briefly. Okay. <laughs> I am shocked. I was shocked to find this out, but apparently you were very, very good friends for your entire life, I believe, with Barbara Walters. Yeah, Drew. If you, <laughs> she if you could briefly describe your relationship with Barbara Walters, briefly describe that relationship, mm-hmm. and tell me what it is that you guys used to do together. Like, how did you guys hang? Well, basically, we had an office in downtown New York together where I would have... Uh, women who wanted to be on my network would come in, uh-huh. and I would tell them, I would say, "Hey, listen, oh you gotta do something for Daddy if you want to get my network." Oh my you know? God! And then, and then Barbara Walters would come out of the closet, and we'd laugh and laugh, and then she would sit 
she would sit in the chair. Wait, and so then, Barbara Walters was in on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would sit in the chair, and then young boys would come in and ask oh, to be on her no. network. Oh, my gosh. Say, and she would say, well, yeah, you could be on my network, but you got to do something for Mama. Mama likes a little candy. This is horrifying. <laughs> and didn't you say anything about this? Where? Sorry, where? Didn't you say anything about this? This is horrifying. Do something about it. I said, yeah, I said, I said, good job. Yeah. Good job, Babs. Get it wet. Oh, my oh, gosh. So get it wet. Get it wet, Babs. Jeez. Disgusting. <laughs> well, what? there's no better five. place to end this episode. They would do a lot of high five. Oh. Uh, I can imagine. Well, that is all for this week's I'm episode appalled. of Famous. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, that is it for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, Dick Clark and Roger Ailes, for it's joining us in the studio today. It's a real pleasure. Welcome, I have sport. one final question for you both. Okay. It's a little weird, but Jarrett likes to end every show by asking the guests if they'd like to plug a comedy show or a funny Twitter account or anything like that. So. Dick Clark, do you have any fun Twitter accounts that you'd like to... Yes, the up-and-coming talent, uh, host of The Next Best Thing every Monday night right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, Jonathan B. Lerner. Twitter handle is J-O-N-B as in boy, L-E-R-N-E-R. Check it out. Love it. Roger Ailes. Uh, there's a there's a show called Stand Up 2020 that is raising money for voting rights organizations, uh, which you didn't you wouldn't think that'd be the sort of thing that I'd be into, but they got Janine Garofalo on the next show, and she got she got some blue legs. Uh, so you want to check that show out on February 7th at 7:30 at the Pitt Theater. That you got that show every month, and all that money goes to a really good cause. And uh, you can check out comedian Jared Berenstein at jaredberenstein.com. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so, so much. I'm Austin Sanders, and if you like improvisation, you can go to Littlefield once a month and see a great, great show called Entirely From Memory. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. America. He put up a video that I was in on his YouTube page recently, and somebody commented, oh, my God, Jarrett's great. He's so hilarious. And I love his radio show, Talking to Dead People. <laughs> <laughs> well, close. What I mean, a, he got near what a fan. Talking to folks. He got near it. <laughs> what a to huge deceased. fan. Talking to ghosts. People with opinions who need to be discussed. <laughs> yes. And the famous and dead.